So the Oscars were a couple weeks ago now. Yeah, um, it's going to be old news to everybody else. But from where we're recording in time, the Oscars were two days ago. Yeah. Um, and so I'm sorry. You're all just going to have to deal with it. Also, <laughs> my birthday's in three days. Happy... Wait, as the time we're recording? Of when this releases. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> wait, that's too soon. That is too soon. But okay. like my birthday is next week right now and in three days by the time this releases. 28? Nine. 29. Yeah, I'm old. 29 was a weird year. Because to me, 28 had a nice ring to it. 30 had a good ring to it. 29, 29 is just like the death rattle of my 20s. And I'm like, <laughs> not totally looking forward to it. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the Oscars. We're talking about the Oscars. And I know that you host an annual Oscar party. I do. Um, I did once. And it was the year of Room. Oh, that was a good year. It was a great year yeah. for movies. And that's the year that I saw all the Best Picture nominees. Or the I don't think last this year, year was a good year for movies. I don't particularly for, think so either i was Oscar so nominated and i know we talked about this a couple weeks ago but like all the not all but like many of the best picture nominees were not no you know i don't know what you're gonna say but i agree yeah they're just fine uh-huh um however and especially the ones that that won big yes like didn't make any sense to me but anyway not what we're talking that's about that's neither here nor there you can subscribe to local pop culture podcast local you can just subscribe you, to your local sus- pop- subscribe to your local pop culture podcast <laughs> um but i'm here to talk about food puns yeah man because my snacks were on point this year normally my snacks are random like mm-hmm. because i'm just trying to come up with puns and then sometimes i just want to eat something so a right. couple years ago we did spotlight on pimento cheese i remember just that because yeah. I wanted pimento cheese uh-huh this year though <laughs> this year i felt i felt really good about so Vice Krispy Treats. Very good. Thank you. Bohe- Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, so it no. was wraps. And it was like, like yep. pinwheels. Yep. Yep. That was Olivia. Thanks, Olivia. This was my favorite. If Bean Dip Could Talk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> a Savor It Cheese Board. Which one? Oh, oh okay. Sa- I got favorite. it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, which included Can You Ever Forgive Brie? cheese for that movie Larson Melissa well Melissa <laughs> McCarthy that movie can you ever forgive yeah, me yeah I remember Roma tomato salsa good served with a star is corn chips very good <laughs> I, yeah those are good you did a great job thank you um, I was pleased I was really pleased this year um, also just a couple of side notes I know we are not suppo- I know it's like a rule you know you know what shipping is yeah okay I do this is where I feel 33 <laughs> um you know what shipping is? I know we're not supposed to ship real life people. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I want to be clear. I'm not shipping Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Or as somebody on Twitter calls them, Lady Gaga and Man Gaga. <laughs> I just feel like something's happening there. Maybe. Look, and I'm not going to wax philosophical about it. What I am going to talk about, because I will die on this hill, is Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak. <laughs> he like i understand bradley cooper's dating whatever he's got a child i'm not saying there's something going on there because i also know performances re- like they're yes, actors performances performance like but mindy kaling and bj novak i don't know what's happening there do you follow her on instagram i don't you should but mm. she posted on instagram because she went to the vanity fair oscar party and she took bj mm-hmm. as her date which like that's fine they have done that i think they did that last year because there was a really striking picture of them in like the vanity fair my favorite like the mm-hmm. vanity fair it's not even a photo booth like a legit photographer is taking your pictures anyway um but they're at the vanity fair oscar party and the way they interact i have a lot of platonic or like in college had a lot of platonic male friends yeah 
I understand what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I also understand what it doesn't look like. Mm -hmm. Like, I just am a little confused. And so they were at the the Oscar party and he's got his arm around her. Mm -hmm. And then he ordered broccoli from the Vanity Fair. Like, that was his food. She ordered Uh, a chicken sandwich. He ate her chicken sandwich. Because, of course, he did. Who picks broccoli with nothing? Like, just broccoli? Just just raw broccoli? Yeah, I don't know. Like, even if it's steamed, I don't... Or my personal favorite, roasted. Um, But I just couldn't get over... Like, you're eating somebody's food. Like... Yeah. Like, when you're eating food off somebody else's plate, I feel like maybe there's something more there. Uh, You're not wrong. So, I'm just... It certainly suggests a kind of intimacy. Yes. And I do think they are very, very good friends. And Mm -hmm. I get it. Maybe they've friend-zoned each other long ago. Who knows? But I will say, as my theory goes with those Canadian Ice dancers, Mm -hmm. Virtue Moore, it'll be hard for anybody else to come into that relationship. Meaning, if Mindy wants to marry, or if BJ wants to marry, they're so close. And we still do we still not know Mindy's baby daddy? We don't. Mm. I got some intel via DM, but I'm not going to share it here because I value people's privacy. Very interesting. It is super interesting. And so now I want to turn to the final episode of The Office, <laughs> when, when Kelly Kapoor reappears with her doctor husband, and Ryan also reappears with this baby. Yes. Whose name was Drake. Not after the rapper, but as a combination of Drew and Blake. Yes. Which I think is one of the funniest jokes on the entire show. That is a funny joke. Like, no, not after Drake. Like, a combination of Drew and Blake. (laughs) (laughs) And then they leave together and leave the baby with Nellie Bertram. What a twist. What a twist. What a twist that was. I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Episode 213 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I don't know, this is this is it. I thought it was going to be, I'm in the shallow now. Oh, I am in the shallow now. <laughs> and I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. Spring break. Chris Jensen has been singing shallow all morning long. <laughs> it's made for a really... Tell me something, girl. <laughs> made for a really fun recording experience <laughs> look we're talking about spring break books even though i don't know the last time i had a spring break uh and you have them but i doubt you do fun things with them the last time i did a fun thing over spring break was four years ago are you what are you doing this year anything writing my dissertation yeah fun we're going to jacksonville to get our engagement photos done oh that's nice um and then i'm coming back and writing my dissertation <laughs> Normally, spring break includes my birthday. Okay, yes. Spring break is a week late this year. And oh. so I'm going to, I mean, my, my birthday is a Saturday, but like I'm going to work on stuff. Kelsey's working at the bookshelf. Um, I'm going to be home working on my dissertation. Adulthood, man. I know. It's a, it's a joy. It's a, It's something. Every minute. Every waking minute. But we're going to, this is what I told Chris. We were talking about seasonal reads. And... I thought of spring break because I like books that are set on vacation. Right. Because I really need, I don't go on vacation enough. And I say that because you actually are supposed to like take off work. Right. And, you know, get your creative juices flowing. 
And I am not great at that. And when we do vacation, when Jordan and I do vacation, it is never to like a tropical locale. Right. Because we travel in the off season. Right. So, so, so I weirdly love books that are set in like stereotypical vacation spots. I get that. And because I grew up in South Florida, right. I don't see the point in you going lived. to tropical locales. Yeah, you lived that. Yeah. And so like we didn't do a lot of those kinds of vacations. We went to North Georgia, Tennessee yes. once. Yes. Um, but otherwise, it was mostly just like either like a family thing or a theme park. Yes. But nothing. We did a lot of national parks. Mm-hmm. We Here's the other thing. We live in Thomasville. Right. And one of the first pieces of advice we got from somebody who has since moved to, I believe, Newport, Rhode Island. Uh, Big move. Yeah. He looked at us and he was like, you'll do fine here, but you will never vacation the same again. You will only go to big cities. Interesting. And he's kind of right because we live that small town life. Uh Uh-huh. And so, and it's pretty, I mean, our jobs are not, but the atmosphere is fairly low key and low stress. And so when we vacation, we like to go somewhere high energy. Yeah. Like where restaurants are open at 8 p.m. Uh-huh. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> Super high bar. High energy. <laughs> Super high energy. Um, so, yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> I was watching an Instagram uh, story of somebody. She owns a store and she was on vacation to the point where Jordan was like, who is this person and how are they vacationing mm. so much? Because she was talking about like all the trips she's taking. But she recently vacationed, I want to say, in Mexico. And it's the first time I've thought, I might like to go to Mexico. Mm. I've never thought that before. We are yeah. not we are not tropical vacation-y people. Right. I went to Hawaii in 2008, um, but not for vacation. It was a school trip. And... It was incredible. Yeah. And I liked doing all those beachy things, and it was very different from Florida. Yes. Um, and I'd love to go back there, because one of my very good friends, one of my groomsmen, is, like, he lives there. That's and right. And he's going to live there forever. Yeah. And so I'm like, that's a really good thing. Yes, because flights will be super expensive. <laughs> uh-huh. So just Well, and he on. doesn't, and he lives in, like, not a, like, not Honolulu. Uh-huh. It was on a different island. Okay. And so, like... More expensive because you usually yes. need to fly into the major airport and then take a small plane right. to the other island. But like, still a reason. Yeah, interesting. I'm looking forward to my honeymoon because we're going to Colorado. Oh, that's fun. I think so. Yeah. And Where so, are you going there? Um, like Denver, Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. Fun. My yeah. friend, one of my dearest friends, lives in Boulder. Yeah. And so. I have gotten to, it's, what is fascinating to me, I mean, I last went, oh, I don't know, five, ooh, I don't know, five or six years ago, and I had been as a kid mm. to Colorado, but I get, you get out there and you forget it's very Western yeah. feeling. Yeah, 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 So, yeah. like, there are no trees, like, and there are trees, but it's very flat. And I remember, like, landing, I think, in the Denver airport, and then we drove to Boulder, and I was like... The mountains are beautiful. Like, you can see the mountain ranges. But also, it's very flat, and except for the mountains. Right. Well, and I think that's a consequence of living in Tallahassee. Yes. Which was carved out of a literal forest. Yes. And there are trees everywhere. I don't, when, I don't know if anywhere has trees like Tallahassee has trees. No, I don't think so. And I think that's why sometimes when I, like when I lived in Montgomery for school, I was like, this, this is ugly because there are no trees. Yeah. And it's not. Montgomery is not ugly. No, no, no. But, but that's my favorite thing about Tallahassee. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Um, when, vacations. Vacation. All I ever wanted. Oh. Vacation. Have to get away. 
my favorite is it a meme i don't think it's a meme my favorite vine mm. is this little girl and she's like she's pretending to be a business person and she's like typing her working my life away wish i could just stop and go on a cruise and that's i think i want that to be my ringtone <laughs> if anybody can figure out how to make that a ringtone please. that poor little girl's just working for the weekend yeah it just made me it makes me laugh every time that's really funny so, so we're picking up seasonal reads again in March. This is our new monthly feature for 2019. I figured our options were essentially spring cleaning or a spring break. Yep. And we're going to spring break. Spring break. Um, so what we chose to focus on this month is kind of vacation-y books. And if not vacation-y books, then at least travel books. Yes. Because spring break is a time when young people travel. Those young people. Those young people. Them. The youths, as I like to call them. <laughs> um, so we, most of these are kind of like those warm tropical locales, but uh -huh. there's also a road trip novel in here. And then we also kind of shifted gears and it's like other things that involve travel that maybe aren't light and right. fun. But they're going to take you out of your current location. Exactly. They'll, they'll help you. What is it? Like take an armchair vacation. Is that what that's called? Is that what that's called? I don't know. I don't either. All right. First up is the vacationers. <laughs> Oddly enough. I just thought, let's just start with something real obvious. <laughs> Here's the thing. I've been waiting for... And look, I know she's working on it because I follow her on Instagram. I know Emma Straub is working hard, but yeah. I need her to have a new book out because yep. I've already read her backlist. Mm. The Vacationers, I think, was the first book I read by Emma Straub. I love this book because it combines all my favorite things. Mm. Dysfunctional family. Yep. Traveling. It's mm -hmm. like they're like on the coast of Spain. It is delightful. Like, I adore this book. And I still, like, it's a backlist title from several years ago or a few years ago. And we still stock it on the regular yeah. because I love it so much. And I think, of course you do, because vacation novels tend to highlight family dysfunction. Yes, because it takes as we them, will see. Because it takes them out of their, like, comfort and their home and their zone and yeah. places them somewhere unfamiliar. Yes, so I adore it. Yeah, of course. Um, so The Vacationers is really great. We um, we have a couple of customers who really like to read based on where they're traveling next. Uh -huh. So like, if you are lucky enough to be traveling in Spain, then The Vacationers would certainly fit that little niche. But it's also, if you liked The Nest. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, I thought of that one too. Yeah, if you like these kind of dysfunctional family stories. And Emma Straub does them really well. She might do them the best um, because her other book the name of which I am forgetting, Modern Lovers, mm -hmm. is also, it covers that territory really well. Um, but The Vacationers is just a book I remember reading with a smile on my face mm -hmm. the whole time. Um, so maybe start there. Um, we mentioned this this particular title last week, Tomorrow There Will Be Sun. Mm -hmm. um, so think, if The Vacationers is over here, like, this is so, so hard, we're not a visual yeah, no. podcast. Um, <laughs> but if they're like over to one extreme of like, Lighthearted and fun. Mm -hmm. There will be sun is next, where it's got that same dysfunctional family mm -hmm. traveling in Mexico, beautiful vacation mm -hmm. home. I told you, it gave me like big little lies vibes. And then next is do not become alarmed, right? Which takes the idea of a relaxing vacation and adds an element of horror, right? Um, because but I I do not know why this book did not get more buzz, right? I really don't. I remember. This book is out in paperback now. It's the Miley Malloy book, right? Yes. And I don't get why more people didn't love it. Like, I loved this book. So it's about this family that goes on vacation, and the horrific happens, which is, like, you're in a foreign country, 
and your daughter goes missing. Mm-hmm. Guys, what's not to love about that premise? And then Molly Malloy does such a good job with it. So you've got, on a spectrum, the vacationers. Tomorrow, though, will be yours. Like, slightly more, you know, angsty or... Uh, troubled Mm -hmm. and then you've got do not become alarmed that is when you should be alarmed like (laughs) it is (laughs) it is so good and so if you are like beach vacationing and you need a book to finish in a day because that's how I operate Mm -hmm. like when I go to the beach I want to book a day Mm -hmm. here you go do not become alarmed is so good Mm -hmm. and I think these three pair really well together Mm -hmm. um so speaking of this is your life Harriet Chance is the cruise ship novel right yes so this is also this is not horrifying, not terrifying. This is utterly delightful. But what I love the most about it is that the protagonist is an older woman. Mm-hmm. So her, she is widowed. Her husband has recently died. They had tickets to go on a cruise. Mm-hmm. She decides to go on the cruise by herself anyway. Mm-hmm. It's by Jonathan Evison. I just was telling somebody about him because I think he does this genre, again, kind of quirky yeah. really well. Because he wrote that book. Yes. That they made into a movie that had the girl from Thomasville in yeah, it. Yeah, and has Paul Rudd in it. Yes. And Selena Gomez. Uh-huh. Really cute movie. What was that called? Um, <laughs> rules. Something about keeping... Yes, caregiving. Fundamental rules of caregiving. That's it. There we go. Um, so, and the book is called The Revised Fundamental Rules of Caregiving. Yes. Super good movie. Yes, it is. Really good movie on Netflix. If you like that... All of this, these first few that I'm naming just have, I don't know what else to call it, except it's got that little element of quirk, like Where'd You Go Bernadette? Um, To me, the thing that struck me about Where'd You Go Bernadette, the thing that I remember all these years Mm -hmm. after reading it, is the element of wit and humor. Mm -hmm. That's what's infused in The Vacationers, in This Is Your Life, Harriet Chance. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, what's, again, what's not to love about an older woman going like trying to bravely do this new thing yeah i would be horrible i don't ever i don't know how you feel about cruises i am totally opposed to cruises but i feel like they only wind up on dateline so i would never go on a cruise <laughs> i mean knock on wood somebody like maybe my in-laws are gonna be like let's go on a cruise um i've uh, been there but <laughs> but it is not my personal preference for vacations so i think it's very brave for this older woman to step out of her comfort zone and the novel treats her with such kindness. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Evison paints her in such a lovely way. Um, so this is your life, Harriet Chance. And I remember we talked about this a long, long time ago, and I thought, what what fun it would be to read that alongside um, David Foster Wallace's essay, A Supposedly Fun Thing That I'll Never Do Again. That's right. Of being on a cruise ship. And then also Tina Fey's essay about yes. the horrors of being on a cruise yes. ship. And so if you're considering a cruise... yes. Or if someone you love is considering a cruise and you want to talk them out of it. Or if you just want to make yourself feel better that you're not going on a cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Check those things out. I think that might be really fun. That is really fun. Um, Okay. Much like The Vacationers is set in Spain. Like we've got kind of these beachy tropical vibes. A book that always comes to mind and partly it's the striking cover that just Mm -hmm. immediately takes you on vacation is Beautiful Ruins. Yeah. Um, That is a book that I didn't know if I was going to enjoy and then I did Mm -hmm. and um it takes place on I think it's the coast isn't it Greece that sounds right no Italy is it somewhere in the Mediterranean guys it's on the Mediterranean it's the Mediterranean um if you'll recall I read leading men Mm -hmm. a couple of weeks ago months ago don't know last month last month um I wanted I think my problem with Leading Men, because it is a good book, but I think my problem with it is I wanted it to be Beautiful Ruins. Mm -hmm. So if you 
liked or maybe were ambivalent about leading men, try Beautiful Ruins because it's still that 1950s Hollywood, mm-hmm. um, Hollywood vacations mm-hmm. in the Mediterranean. Like it's got those same that same setting, um, but maybe in a more fun way. Mm-hmm. So Leading Men might be the serious version, <laughs> um, and Beautiful Ruins might be the fun, maybe pop poppy version gotcha if that makes sense yeah and i think somewhere along that continuum too is call me by your name yes yes so i like what we're doing here we're accidentally creating these trios yes i really like Hmm. this um good job us who could have foreseen this (laughs) um so i like i like that idea leading men beautiful ruins and call me by your name yeah wow job yeah it's like we accidentally made book flights oh good for us (laughs) um okay if we want to go that but darker. Yeah. So let's say we want to add a fourth. And I usually do. Yeah, you usually do. So do I. Um, a separation. Mm. This came out a few years ago. And I said, and I stand by it, a separation does for separation and divorce mm-hmm. what Fates and Fury did Fates and Furies did for marriage. That's right. Okay. I stand by that. However, interestingly, when we were brainstorming these titles, a separation did come to mind because the setting is also really prevalent. Right. So it takes place in Greece. This woman is trying to figure out how to no longer be married, mm-hmm. basically. And the book is sad. Like, I, I think that's a tough subject matter. Um, and so for me, that novel carried a lot of weight and burden with it. Um, But it was also very well written, has some of the disaster elements that do not become alarmed does, Uh like where you're in a foreign country alone and you speak English and you're trying Mm -hmm. to navigate the world. Um, Okay, let's also pair it with Tangerine. A shade darker. Yes. I think a separation and Tangerine actually are really lovely. Yeah. Companions yeah, yeah, to yeah. one another. Um, Tangerine, I've talked about before, in that it's got that really slow burn. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it was too slow. And mm-hmm. I totally understand that. For me, it was not. Um, I think one, another uh, customer's complaint was that it was maybe a little overwritten. Mm. I understand that too. Um, but there's the train. There's that train. Um, but what I liked about Tangerine, and again, what sticks with me, just like what sticks with me from the separation, is. Tangerine is set in Morocco mm-hmm. and you can feel the heat. Right. Like, and I have talked before about people who are like, don't you love reading cold weather climate books in the summer? Like, doesn't it just take you away? No. No. It makes me mad. It makes me angry. <laughs> I want to be reading books where people are also drenched in sweat. Mm-hmm. The tan, it, not the tangerine. Tangerine does that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tangerine and separate a separation, I think yeah are kind of those dark vacation books because these people aren't really on vacation right they're just in these locales that is not their norm it takes them as you said like out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. um and then traumatic things happen and if you recall the serendipity of when you read tangerine i also read a book set in morocco yes that's right called the hospital um the author's last name was buanani buanani but i don't remember his first name um that's not a travel book but it really does give you a sense of place yeah. in Morocco. It is set in a mental hospital, but it kind of takes place all over yeah. Morocco and gives you a real sense of its political history. Okay. Um, it's only 150 pages long. Like, yeah. It was a quick read. That's what's um, great about separation. A, a little too. disturbing, but like, I really did enjoy it. Yeah. Um, shifting gears entirely, though, let's think of something maybe 
lighter. Yeah. That also gives us a sense of place more more in the United States. But um, The From Aways yes. by a friend of the podcast, CJ Hauser. So I loved this book mm-hmm. when it came out. And maybe that's because I do think so mm-hmm. often it's about when you read it. Right. And I, so the book takes its name from this idea about where you're from. Mm-hmm. So this journalist has moved to Maine, right? She's mm-hmm. moved to Maine. And I, I just will never forget CJ's author, her book launch here, where she had lobster uh, lollipops. Lobster lollipops, <laughs> yep. Um, but it's this idea that what makes you from a place. Right. Um, and I had just moved to Thomasville, having no roots here, which I realized was unusual. Um, and so I remember loving this novel for this idea of what happens when you're a from away, mm-hmm. you're from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And how do you, how does this place become home? It's really light and fun, but also has depth it to it. It has some grit, for yeah, sure. Yeah, which I appreciate. I I did not know that we were doing this, but we did. Like, I feel like, it, can I pair it? I'm going to pair it again. So if, I think From Aways might rest solidly in the middle. Okay. okay? To the left, mean, meaning more frothy, mm-hmm. is Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom. Mm. Look, I... If you like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, well, here you go. Like, this is... And it's light and frothy, but it is also... There's some serious... It's angsty. So if you liked Judy Bloom as an angsty teen, we'll just, ran, just ratchet wait. it up. Yeah. <laughs> and and here's some angsty adult stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Summer Sisters by Judy Bloom. Yes, it has summer in the title. It's a beach book. Um, mm-hmm. But I read it at the beach one year. That's the only place to read that book. It, or read it on your front porch if you wish you were at the mm-hmm. beach. That makes sense. Um, but it is reminiscent of the movie Beaches, like ah. where it's got these two best friends, what has happened to their friendship, their relationship. Um, Judy Bloom does angst for adults like no one else can. Yeah. She's got the best experience. Um, and then if that's on the left and CJ Hauser's from the From Aways is in the middle, I think on the right, so with a slightly even maybe darker, heftier tinge, is Maine by mm. J. Courtney Sullivan. Oh, yeah. Guys, here's the we thing. We accidentally made these book flights today. I know, I'm we really did. happy about it. I'm so happy with book serendipity, bookish serendipity. Um, I loved this book and I don't remember entirely why. This is a book I read years before mm-hmm. the bookshelf. I picked it up at Barnes and Noble. Like I have vivid memories of picking up um, at Barnes and Noble. It's got a really striking cover, um, and I want so badly to live somewhere that is not hot and yeah. miserable. Like this, this and the Frumaways are set in Maine, obviously, mm-hmm. and so I just think these books do that culture a really lovely service because mm-hmm. it makes me want to live in these places. Um, Maine is dysfunctional family they've got this house that they've rented like all the thing i mean all the things i love mm-hmm. it, it reminds me a little bit of seating arrangements by maggie shipstead okay. um but i did not love seating arrangements i loved her other book and we've talked about that before but um seating arrangements kind of revolves around a wedding mm-hmm. and there's still a scene from that book i do remember very vividly regarding um a dead whale um but <laughs> if you maybe felt meh about seating arrangements which is kind of how i felt then i think maine will scratch the itch you thought um seating arrangements would does mm. that make sense it does make sense um so there you've got these three kind of beachy but maybe not like southern beachy which yeah. i think is what we can be sometimes used to is like the ellen hildebrand and i don't love those because i feel like 
Mm-hmm. Those are very familiar. Mm-hmm. I like to read things unfamiliar. Yeah. So Summer Sisters, the the From Aways, and Maine. I think that's a really good. It's not pairing, but a really good like set of companions. Yeah. Um, also, quick plug for CJ's new book coming out, Family of Origin, comes out in July. Yes. June or July, um, I think July. Um, but it is a dysfunctional family novel that takes place on an island. I'm so excited. With a with a sort of fantastical element thrown in. Um, I just got the advanced copy on Saturday. I'm really excited to start it. I gave you one and myself one. Perfect. I'm super excited. Really, really, really excited to read that. I'm sorry, I just had a thought. Yeah. I'll keep it. No, it's for, it's for myself. I had a thought about oh, okay. reader retreat. Uh, and maybe that book. Okay. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um so that so those are some vacationy books. Those are some vacationy books. Um or some travely books. Some travely books. I think the only one maybe on here that kind of feels like an outlier, but I wanted to mention it, is if darker is your preference. Uh-huh. And we've named some, like a separation or tangerine, but I the setting, I think, sometimes gets lost in Sing Unburied Sing, that it is essentially a road trip novel. Right. Um, I mean, it's more than that, but you, I think you all yeah, know yeah, what I'm in, saying. Yeah, but in basic plot. Yes. And so, if that is appealing to you, and let me assure you, last summer when Jordan and I did the literary trail, Sing Unburied Sing very much mm. came to mind, because you were driving through these right. great patches of, right. of not not much um, rich agriculture, but yeah. not, not much else. Um, and you can very much see the very things she is writing about and talking about. So I'm going to put a plug in for that. If you prefer, if like all of this seems too light and frothy for you. Although I think we did a nice job of, I think so too, of like, yes, some of it is light and frothy, but they all have, have some depth and nuance to them too. Yeah. Um, because spring break is kind of about taking a break. Yes. Um, and if your life is hectic, then maybe you want to read something light. But if your life really needs some depth and grit to it, yeah. and you're not satisfied with your emotional life, yeah. like maybe try something dark and heavy. That's a good point. Um, I would like to take a break. Yeah. I, me too. I mean, I want to just sleep for the next year. Maybe I'm just trying to think, how can we as adults craft the attitudes of spring break mm-hmm. into our current schedules? I'm going to think about this. Let's keep thinking about that. I'll do a bonus episode on how to make your own spring break. (laughs) We're at the bottom of the barrel again. Started out strong, but now we're coming up thin. Oh, we Cast her lots with all the devils of sin Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God From the Front Porch is a production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about on today's episode, you can do so at bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop. Thank you so much to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album, Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlornstrangers.com. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, you can find us at patreon.com slash fromthefrontporch. You can also check out our website at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com for web-only content and a full back catalog of our show with detailed show notes and links to further reading. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. 
So I was working an event. There was an event upstairs at the top shelf. I was downstairs doing some accounting, which is as fun as it sounds. <laughs> um, but I needed to do some stuff and, and it was a good time to do that. So an event was happening upstairs. I'm working downstairs and somebody comes downstairs to use the restroom and they see me kind of working away on the computer. And they looked at me and they were like, are you getting some homework done while we're upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted to know, how old, first of all, do you think I am? <laughs> I own this business <laughs> that you are in currently. And so I was like, no, I'm actually doing some accounting for the store that, that you're in. That I own. <laughs> so Goodness. It was so funny. And it made me feel a little bit better about turning 33. Yeah. Jesus here. <laughs> Jesus here. Well, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.